0: Well, hello and welcome to episode four of the True Turf Super Series. A great pleasure to have uh, uh, a man who's flying uh, his trade in the UK in a heat wave at the moment, but Paul Larson from Royal St. George's Golf Club in England joining us. Paul, welcome to the True Turf Super Series.
1: Thank you very much, uh, nice to be here.
0: Good on you, mate, thank you. I know you've just come back from a, a week away uh, up at the open, we'll touch on that a little bit later on. Um, and uh, going through, as I said, they're a bit of a heat wave in the UK at the moment. Um, so, uh, certainly conditions tough and in a links course by the sea with no rain, it, uh, it must be a challenge maintaining the surfaces at the moment.
1: Yeah, blooming nightmare. Um, <laughs> feels like 2018 all over again when we had the drought and yep. took us two years to get over that one. And this, I've had a bad feeling about this year and uh, bone dry again already. Getting up to our hottest day possibly ever in Britain. Mm. meant to be getting up to 40 degrees uh so sweltering i know some courses i've just had emails come through saying they're only letting people play nine holes for their safety right um, yeah that's not here we're actually jam-packed on the course today and yep. let yeah but it is extreme heat yeah
0: it's something uh, we in Australia always think about the UK as being a cold, dreary place. I know there's there's windows of opportunity of sunshine over there, but it sounds like you've got Australian summer conditions over there at the
1: moment. Yeah, well, Sandwich is probably like Australia in certain places. When you go up north, that is probably the yep. stereotype of the cold with yeah. the rain uh, scenario. But here, we're a different sort of climate down here and it always feels like we're praying for rain down here. and I. I've been to Australia a couple of times, so I know the conditions, you yeah. face what it's like, but it feels like, if you look out here at the moment, it's just brown, completely yeah. brown. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, they do say that sometimes brown is good uh, in relation to not having an overwatered course and sustainability, but you still want to keep the grass alive at the end of the day and, uh, and have some reasonable playing surfaces.
1: Yeah, so I used to like brown and until 2018. Yeah. That's how I always did it. Mm. But what we found with the Fescue is it just doesn't like temperatures over 25 degrees and it doesn't like trolleys and
2: Mm.
1: buggies going over it. And it's that sort of heat that's more the problem when it goes brown. It goes dormant, obviously. But when it gets scorched, it just sort of turns to straw some some areas. So we have a lot more water than I had before, Mm. but it seems like... We're doing everything we can. We've learned a lot of lessons from 2018. So yeah. I'm hoping we get free this one. Well,
0: you've been at Royal St George's for a few years now and uh, obviously seen two, uh, you know, uh, a couple of Open Championships in that time as well. Tell us a little bit about the course. Uh, it's, a, I think, number one course in England. It's certainly in the top 30 regularly in the world. Um, tell us a little bit about the course for those that don't know much about Royal St George's.
1: Well, uh, yeah, proper links course, but it's kind of, Unusual from other links courses, we're not a straight up and straight back down sort of scenario. Mm. Um, You kind of go out, you go round in circles, you come back and then you come back towards a clubhouse. So it's kind of, you go out to the sea, hover by the sea, and it never goes, flows in the same direction. So if Mm. you're actually playing golf, you never feel like the wind's helping you. It's it's always from the left and the right, you're like, crikey, is it just gonna help me for five holes in a row? But it kinda of doesn't. We try and keep it as proper true to its sort of Dune lands status that it is. So uh, we're a triple SI site as well. We're a favorable condition. So everything we do is proper sustainable, mm-hmm. not for the golf course, but for the whole Dune lands area. So we manage everything and then there's a golf course plonked right in the middle of it.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, so we do try and do it kind of the way it should be done. But it's very difficult, like I said, with this heat wave, you've got mm. fescue fairways, fescue greens, fescue teas. It does take a pound, and in this heat, lucky enough, it looks like it's going to start cooling down tomorrow. Yeah. It's a challenge. I think this is one of the driest areas in the country. So to maintain this course, very difficult. Mm. And with climate change, wherever we say it's happening, this is where we're really beginning to learn what we can do to, to keep a golf course like this going, really.
2: Yeah. And it really
0: is, a you know, the Dunes and the, the Lynx course is a real ecosystem in themselves there. And, uh, you know, it's great that you're managing that whole environment. It's not just about a golf course. It's about everything around it as well to, to make it sustainable.
1: Yeah, and I think um, that was a credit we got from the Open last year because mm. everyone enjoyed seeing everything. They realised we're on a great ecosystem here and there's a golf course right in the middle, but we're not looking after the golf course in a different kind of way. It's all part of one but there's this great golf course with the wildflowers. We've got the orchids, mm. vegetable broom, all that sort of stuff. But in the middle of it, we've got a great golf course as well. But I think we had a, an amazing open last year. I mm. uh, was really proud of how everything went and we had a great vibe and I know we had COVID and it was the COVID open, we yeah. were still in bubbles. And maybe that's why the atmosphere felt so good because everyone was just coming back out again. Mm. It was like we enlightened everything. I just felt, I'm not sure we'll get that vibe again. It was a one-off, I feel.
0: Yeah, I think so. And there were so many great reports from players that such, you know, I was reading online the other day and watching something, you know, going back about the, and how much everybody enjoyed being back at that 149th Open and, and obviously the way the course played and, and presented as well. Uh, I think uh, in an interview I saw you, you do that you mentioned, uh, you know, how much Jordan Spieth reached out and said how much he enjoyed playing on the course and, and playing that Lynx style golf. And it's, I don't know whether everybody got a bit of a taste for it last year too because there was certainly a lot of players coming back across from America and around the world to, to play a few Lynx courses this year before the, uh, before the Open at uh, St. Andrews.
1: Yeah, I like I said, so I did go up to St. Andrews, mm. and packed of Americans. But you know what? We were packed of Americans here, right? Like yes, yeah. Sunday, Monday before the open, so they were coming here to play first before they went up to St. Andrews. Which years ago that wasn't the case. So yeah, I think we put everything back on the map that in the past people weren't too sure about George's whether it was quirky or not. Mm. But now I think everyone comes here realizes it's a. True test of golf, you feel you're you're at peace with yourself because all the holes are slightly. You feel like you're on your own. So yeah, it's a great golf course. You see, you know, you've got the sea, the scenery, the dunes. But to me, the view. St Andrews is the home of golf and all this stuff, but to me, this is more. There's a more beauty here. Mm. Um, we haven't got the town which St Andrews has got, yep. which makes it as such. Um, but here it's. It's a, a different kind of beauty mm. and I think Americans in particular uh have fallen in love with the place and they kind of love it when they come here. And it's really nice for us to see that
0: yeah
1: um, that's right really.
0: yeah so, so on that 149th open obviously a great feather in your cap and, and it's uh, I don't think it's the first open that you've been in charge of there as, as well I think back in 2011 you're involved as well but um what's it like having to prepare with the rna working with the rna to prepare a course for the open
1: um it's almost a really long sort of answer for yeah. that um in a way uh it's quite hard to describe to people what it is because it's so long in advance mm. we we'll, you know what i think i could almost prepare 5 years in advance
2: yeah
1: i'd say 4 years Really with the bunkers and everything, I probably need five years. So four years out there looking. Mm-hmm. And as it gets closer, there's more visits. And uh, we, one thing we have to do is strike up a partnership and work closely. Now we've worked together for many years now, so I know mm-hmm. them. they're all you know, they're yep. good friends, some of them. You, you, it's not like strangers coming here. They know the course, they know the challenges. They know that we know it inside out. And they kind of, what I really liked was they listened to a lot of everything we said and we did do it together. And in that open, the one thing that was such a success was how well we all worked together. Mm. And when I mean that, me with the R&A, the R&A with us, the support staff that I had were phenomenal, mm. uh, amazing. And they really made it as well. And there was no them and us. It was as if we were all one yep. team, and sometimes that's so hard. And I did want it all to be about me and my team. We've done the work. We it is our golf course. We've mm. been doing it for years, but we haven't got that ego. We're saying this is all about us. They came in and they helped make it. Uh, it was astonishing because the work that you're doing during the week is very hard, and the, mm. you know, lots of hours and lots of walking. The guys hand cutting the greens were walking 30 miles a day. Wow. Do you know what? They're all up for it. And we yeah. were still in COVID with are being bubbles, weren't allowed to talk to the players and such. So it was such a hard one to manage.
2: Mm.
1: For the whole team to get on. And you know what? Us with the RNA, everything, it couldn't have gone better is all I can say. And I look back now and I think, you know what? It's only a year ago and it's gone so quick. Yeah. But it was just, it was just a great week. We were a bit lucky, I think, now with the weather as well because it, it was kind of green, huh? Yep. Like it was great to see St. Andrew's burnt out, but I think you kind of sometimes don't see the amount of greenkeeping that's gone into that. Mm-hmm. So with mm-hmm. us, you could see it a little bit. I mean, we're burnt out now, and we're looking like... St. Andrew, what we're trying to say is you can't make links because it's green and all the rest of it when yep. you're in weather like this. This is how it's meant to be. Really, the Open, when you look back at the history of it, you're playing the weather whatever the conditions for that year when you look back that was the open if you're playing in wind and rain and it was a wet summer that was how it was you play the conditions of that mm. year and i think st Andrews sort of summed that up last year uh, this year mm. and we did last year because it was a mixture of weather
0: and that's the beauty i suppose about lynx golf is that you play the conditions the course is presented the way it is you're not pumping water all onto it to make it something, you know, rough certain heights and those sort of things. You you play the course to what it is. I think that's a, a great point.
1: I, without doubt, and uh, it really is. We're all pushing the sustainability and uh, you know that sort of issues like that. And I try, in a way, I've been maybe guilty of not pushing it
2: because
1: mm. uh, I think this is just what we should do. So I don't look. I hardly ever enter any awards or things like that, but I know no one does it better than what we do here because I just expect that's how you should do it. This yeah. is what we do. I'm not doing it because we might win in a, an environment award or something like it. I'm doing it because we're a triple S, I site. The badge of my on us is we're favourable, and in the past we've never been favourable, so we're achieving a golf course the way it should be with nature. Mm. And to be fair with the RNA and everything we're doing, when the golfers turn up, they play that golf course. And you know what? The reason um Cam Smith won the open, because at the end of the day he played the best, but he played like the gods. Yeah. It was incredible. So you still got the best winner, no matter how it is.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And uh you know, to go five birdies at the at, straight after the turn there and then holding that pad on seventeen, I think really yeah, you know, that was one of the best putts he's ever hit, I think, if he, if he looks back at it, uh, to oh, make uh, par uh, there on 7
1: eight. It was the one when he hit it short of the road hole, and mm. then thinking, oh, my Lord, what's he going to do here? You know, and he got the par out, right, and he just knew he was going to get it on the green. Yeah. And, uh, to do that was incredible. That part to set him up for that, that, that could have gone wrong. Absolutely. Um,
0: as an Australian who's watched many uh, many of our players go wrong over the years, I was nervous for him, but he pulled it off tremendously.
1: Yeah, great job. yeah. No, I really like Hamsley. There was a tweet of me with him last year and two others with dodgy haircuts. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the worst four Barnets in golf. So uh, I <laughs> thought well, I'm going to have to start following this man now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That's right. So what was it like going to the Open? I know you've been probably meant to many events as a spectator, but you know you're obviously there as a... Uh, you know, you've got your superintendent hats on on firmly, but uh, getting the opportunity to, to, I suppose, look at the course and look at how golf's played rather than having to, to be on it and, and working hard.
1: Yeah, do you know what, I was actually only, I was actually only there for two days in the because you spent two yeah. days traveling, because yeah. I drove up. My advice to you is uh, don't travel in this country by road or whatever, because it's just pure chaos. Yeah. Um, I have been stuck on
0: that road a few times in the past, so I know what you mean. Yeah, Train is yeah, the way yeah. to go, I think, when they're
1: running. Absolute agony. Laurie had called fire, so we sat there for four hours and didn't Oh, do anything. goodness. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. But um, no, it was really nice. It was, do you know what? I can't describe that. actually. It was really, it was kind of surreal a little bit. It felt like someone put on Facebook, like it was a picture of me just taking a picture and yep. you want to be behind the ropes sort of thing. And maybe I did, but it was quite nice just sort of seeing it and watching it. Mm. Um, I kind of felt I don't know if it was flat, but it was like, I can't believe a year's gone already, yeah. Um, and it was just quite nice, you know. It's actually quite nice just to go and watch the golf and mm. uh, see what the guys are doing, you know, what they're going through. But um, you know, I met him when I was having you almost don't want to disturb him and just let him yeah. get on with it and uh, kind of enjoy it. So it was. Yeah, it was a funny feeling, um, but I had a great time, so really mm. enjoyed it. The Open for me is, no matter what, is the best major of all of them. Um, it's yep. the one we all look forward to. Mm.
0: No, exactly right. I'm, I'm firmly in your camp on that one. The, the others have great appeal, but I think especially when the Open's at a, a great traditional link style course, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. and I think the players appreciate it as well.
1: Yeah, and you know, obviously it was the one fiftieth and everyone was up for it and they all mm. wanted McElroy to win. Uh, so fair play to Cam to beat Yeah to beat Rory. And to be fair, Rory played really well. So he did. um Cam was just incredible. Uh, the difference was holding
0: putts, I think. That was that was all Rory did just didn't get did not get it to the bottom of the cup. So
1: Yeah, and that was it. it was simple as that. So mm. um so I, I thought it was great. I really I was sort of rooming for, for Cam in the yep. end, and uh, yeah, I thought he was great.
0: Yeah. So, what got you into um, the turf industry? How did you start in turf?
1: Well, I've always said so I could write a book on how I got into this because it's not an easy an easy answer. Again, everything's yeah. complicated. Yeah.
2: Um.
1: After I did my uh, my A levels at school and college, I did uh, Amenity Hoyt culture in um, my sitting guilds at uh, Capel Manor up in London. And uh kind of did that for a couple of years. I was the groundsman up in East London, and everything, you know, mm-hmm. hence the West Ham sort yep. of uh, <laughs> tendencies and everything. But I then left that. There was no money, sounds like today, doesn't it? There was no money in it. And uh, I have got a job as a postman, and I went from earning a hundred pounds a week to five hundred pounds a week. Yeah. Um, without having to have any qualifications, pass a test, and in you go. And quite a lot of money. Took redundancy after five years. Traveled the world. Uh, went backpacking, been around Europe. Went mm-hmm. to Australia twice, right. sort of thing. Uh, so I just did every job you can think of. There ain't nothing in Australia as a backpacker job wise. I haven't done for working on a. <laughs> A fairground building a roller coaster picking grapes right and kiwi fruit museum all sorts of things so yep. it weren't until i come back in my 30s i kind of worked for solicitors up in london I kind of wasn't gonna go anywhere so mm. i ended up joining my local course where i had been playing golf for many years i've always been a golfer um and the age of 32 or so i became a green keeper, ten thousand mm. pounds a year um do you know what, that was nothing back then and uh yeah, and 20 years later on here, so
2: yeah.
1: you could have foresaw that, it's not a career path people you could, do you know what, it's not a career path you could say, people ask me what would I do to get people into greenkeeping mm. and most of the time I say as a youngster don't get into greenkeeping come into greenkeeper when you're 30 or something, because you've done all the teenage years and gone out and travelled the world or done yep. whatever you've done and you're not bothered about getting up early working weekends, working bank holidays, which Mm. is it's hard for the youngsters to do that I've got plenty of youngsters here, they seem to do it, they try and do a rota for weekends so there's ways around it Mm. but it's I'm not sure it should be such a career path that you should say to people you've got to do this, this, this I would just say, if you think the time's right, it's an amazing job to Mm. do it, but it has to be the timing has to be right, not your age and what age you should be and all the rest of it. Because once you're in it, I think you stay in it generally.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: no,
0: certainly, certainly once you get into it, it is, it is a long-term career, that's for sure. And uh, it's actually interesting yeah. you say that, the, uh, previous guest on our on our show here we had was uh he's uh in his late 20s early early 30s and he's doing an internship now at at Cypress point after having done an apprenticeship and he was a chef for a while and worked in in various jobs and and now he's found a space in the in the in the green industry so it's uh and now he's loving what he's doing and, and traveling the world being able to do it as well
1: yeah and that's the other thing if you were a youngster i would say uh use it as a tool to go around the world and work Mm. in all the country. I'd have loved, when I backpacked Australia, I did every job, but I tell you, I would have loved to have been a greenkeeper Mm. going to Australia because I could have gone and worked at so many golf courses, but seen the whole of Australia that way, that that would have been amazing, even Mm. America as well. So do you know what? It gives you so much if you get into it, but you have to enjoy it. But if you do get into it and you enjoy it, it can open so many doors to so many adventures,
0: really. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, certainly an interesting journey. Now, with Royal St George's, um, I think you went through, after the last opening preparation, a fairly major project of pretty much killing all the grass at the venue and, and putting a new surface down. That must have been a, a major, major piece of work to do and obviously you needed know, the support of committees and, and everything to get that done and and support you through that project.
1: Yeah, um, we went through all that rescue work where we killed the Yorkshire fog, the rye um, and the bent grasses. Yep. <laughs> um, so we're trying to make uh, quite a pure fescue swords. We still have a bit of bent in there, but the power's sort of easing off a little bit. And it's been, yeah, without doubt, a journey. It's not mm. for the faint-hearted. But you know what? I always think you said earlier, St. George is number one in England's 20 or 30 in the world. We're always up there. But if you come here i always feel we should be giving you the best surfaces we can mm. um there's so much to it it's like st Andrews. there's so much golf there can you have pure fescue range probably not not at all so you can't do it but if you can you'd want to do it wouldn't you so mm. i want to i want to make us the best course condition wise now if people don't like the setting how it flows um that's that's opinions mm. but for condition I want you to come in and get the best condition. And I think we proved last year with the open that we had a great condition and that's what people were saying. What we're doing was good. I actually think greens are better this year. Uh Um, uh, I'm I'm certainly of higher than I was last year. Um, So in the end for us as green keepers, that's what we do. We want to give you the best surfaces possible. Uh I would say horses for courses, I'm going to try and give you fescue because I think I can do it. But I know courses I've played that have got amazing power greens and you go on them and they're giving you the best surface mm. that they can get for that course. So I never say, oh, you should do it like what we do. Um, but I'm just saying, this is how I do it. Um, so then, well, what? I don't have to shake the greens down. I don't have to whack the wall on. I don't have to put the fertilizer on. Is that the future? Possibly. Mm. Um, but it's what I can do here can you do it if you can, then fine. But if you can't you have to do it a different way, you do it a different way. So mm. we're not saying anything, but we're just sort of saying, this is what I do, but I want to make it the best that I can possibly do.
0: So how do you do that, uh, you know, from a, a week in, week out uh, effort to, uh, of keeping the other grasses out of the, out of the course? Because, you know, grass seed comes in in so many different ways. And as you say, with a busy golf course and golfers walking with shoes and all those other sort of things. Um what are you doing to try and keep that fescue throughout the course? Is it is it a, an onerous task?
1: Yeah, uh, thankless to us. um, thankless task. Um mm. it's very hard and um like in the past, obviously we use glaminocides to spray out um, you know, the rind, the bent grasses and things like that. And um, sometimes if we could we'd carry on with that. Um the rescue got banned, which was a shame because that was a great chemical. Um with the lack of water, I, you know what? We're always playing around with the irrigation and how much mm. water to put on. I, I had a golden goal of 16 to 20% moisture. Then for the open, we were like 11% to 15. Then we kind of lowered it even more. This year I'm thinking 10% mm. is quite a good figure to keep them healthy, but without showing fairy rings. I yep. hate the fairy ring. If you dry them out, suddenly you get the fairy ring. That's what mm. you've noticed wetting agents i use a lot of wetting agents now so that helps with the speed this year in particular i have kept the greens at five mil but um i do a lot of rolling mm-hmm. in the past i would probably thought, while rolling would create compaction do the work with um, dr nikolai in america and we've kind of almost proved that the rolling you can keep the heights higher uh so you keep the health of the turf more, but you can still maintain the speeds. Mm. So I'm a big advocate for rolling, but obviously you're the true turf and the roller. Mm. It's the one I've always generally used just because it's lightweight. It doesn't seem as heavy as the others, so it's more gentle on the fescue, but it Mm. really helps. I've had no dollar spot. And you know what? I'm getting 10, 10 and a half on the stimp. Um, Funny enough, last few days with this heat, I've gone, I've sort of reverted to cut one day and rolling the next day. Mm. Um, it slows the greens down a little bit, just get nine and a half comfortable, but I can get ten and a half by cutting a five and mm. rolling. Mm. Um,
0: I know you um, tweeted out the other day, you, I think it was the uh, European Golf Association event there, that you found your nirvana of, uh, of heart, uh, uh, height of cut to, to speed. So um, obviously it's yeah. working for you.
1: Well, it, we had that European team uh, championships. Mm. And uh, do you know what? I thought I might have to lower higher count and everything, but I kept at five and we rolled. And uh, I was getting 10.5. The players loved it. Um, mm. It was a great thing for me to do that because it was just a case of, can we do it? Hold your nerve. Are we going to shave them down? And yep. we didn't. So I'm going to get through this summer keeping them at that height. Uh, I've not put much... I put about 30 kilos, if that 20 something, or end down this year. Mm. Um, So I'm not excessive. I I don't, I'm not going to say I don't put any down. We do put, if I can get 30 to 50 in a year, I'm happy enough. But I don't have a target. I just Mm. look at them. It's more a visual thing for me. Uh, Yeah. That's what I feel. But to do this, uh, do you know what? In time, if I could get, I said five mil, that was my holy grail, but if I could get six mil and get 10 on the stem, maybe that's the holy grail. But the yeah. more sort of leaf I've got, the better rooting. The roots are coming out of the ground this year. You mm. um, can really see them, so uh, something's working for sure.
0: Yeah, and as you say, if you can get that leaf a little bit higher, healthier plant um, allows you to do more with it, and um, uh, adds into your sustainability then as well, what you're doing, you're not having to put as much into the ground to, uh, to get the leaf in the way you want it to be.
1: That's right, yeah, sure,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: So what's the next plans for uh, Royal St George's? Is there any, anything on the horizon uh, that you've, apart from getting through the heat wave and the water and all those other sort of things you gotta get through at the moment, but uh, is there a, another major event coming up that you're gonna to have to prepare for?
1: So uh, at the moment, it's all quiet. So we've always got uh, competitions during the year for the members, ken uh, competitions and things. Uh, so not really preparing for anything like that as such mm. at the moment you're right it's just getting through the heat wave uh, Try and keep the turf alive which is all it's all we're going to be thinking about for the next six weeks really yeah.
2: um,
1: we have got plans for the course there's, uh, we want to build a new short game area mm-hmm. might dig up playing green there's loads of little things that we're looking at maybe tinker with some of the tees and the greens a little bit um, so there could be work going on in the future, but we haven't got uh, we haven't got a date for an open yet. But I don't mm. think it'd be too many years away. Mm. So we kind of want to do all the tinkering or whatever we've got to do before we get announced that we're going to get one. So yep. sort of be quite excited to do the work. I don't we don't work here. I don't work here just because we've got the open. I work here. Mm. I'm sort of local. I want to be at this golf course and the. Uh, it's the course it's the open and that is something to aim for but generally it's just coming into work every day and that's why we're into drinking because yeah. it's our job
2: yeah.
0: yeah that's right and you mentioned before you you play play the game as well how often are you able to get out and, and have a game of golf well
1: yeah that's a good question Barney. uh the last few weeks i've I played a comp the other week and it was the first time i played in two weeks and uh i think it was one over so i was quite happy with that Very i nice. played at the weekend and hadn't played for a week because i've been up to the open and i was playing four over and they were easy for stupid shots so <laughs> that's quite good So despite all this and stressful with uh when we've got enough water and all the rest of it you still play golf and it still takes over and you still get the and you drop, stupid shots, so yeah. I'd love to be able to play twice a week, uh, and that's enough. I don't like playing too much,
2: hmm.
1: but twice a week keeps me down to one or so or two over the years. Yeah, that's 30. right. And
0: you, you play a bit at Royal St George's on the course as well. So, you know, does oh, that give yeah, you a different yeah. perspective to to just going out there and and or, or yeah. finding the feedback from other courses as well on what they're doing?
1: Yeah, uh, I love, uh, we, we obviously run that Lynx club where mm-hmm. we try and everyone from Britain and we've had a few from Europe and we actually had some guys from America over, so I'm hoping to get some Australians over for the yeah. next one and uh, even New Zealand. So we all, it's a close network, we're always in contact, mm. we talk about everything that we're doing. Um, so for me, yeah, I do play on the course now and again and you definitely got to play to see. I do believe you have to play golf. to to appreciate being a green keeper, I know there's people out there who say, no, you don't, they look at it different, but uh, first and foremost, I think if you play golf, you understand what the golf is talking about. Hmm. And then you, know, I think you can relate to them easier. And then I think we can have the same moans, even if I'm going somewhere as a golfer, I might have the same moans that they have. And then I have to tell myself, oh, I shouldn't really be moaning about that. So, uh, so we could do that i play another club my i've got another little course where i play yeah. uh, and i'm sort uh scene so, uh, valley golf club it's in folkestone and uh that's kind of like my home as well but it's completely nice. different here. it's a downlands yep. but it's sort of it's got loads of trees on it it's mm-hmm. sort of gone overgrown over the years but it plays like a links where it's rock cards right
2: know,
1: yeah it bounces for miles so it's quite nice to get away as well mm.
0: No, absolutely. Well, I know you're very busy at the moment and um, yeah, having, having a couple of days at the Open and there's a lot going on at the course there. I really appreciate your time, Paul, and uh, thank you very much for being part of uh, our Super Series. And we wish you all the best for the rest of the drought and uh, and the hot weather. And I'm sure the course will be seeing it uh, continue to rise up the rankings around the world. So thanks, Paul. I appreciate your time.
1: No, thank you very much. Thanks Emily. So me. Cheers. <laughs>